Welcome to this What We Are Reading uh, by Clinically Pressed. In this short, we are going to talk about a book called Nudge. It's not directly tied to health and fitness and nutrition, as most of what we read and talk about is, but I think there's a lot of interesting concepts from this book that could be applied not only if you are trying to improve your health performance, nutrition, whatever it may be, but also if you're a practitioner in this realm. Um, This book talks a lot about choice architecture and designing the context for people to make decisions. A lot of what we see in the health and wellness and fitness world is decisions being made, but not always being stuck to, uh, not always being maintained. That's always a hard thing for people to do, myself included. You get into a routine, some things in life change, and all of a sudden that routine goes out the window. But then also maybe not making the best decision for themselves when it comes to what they need to do for their health and fitness. And so this book was really interesting um, in looking at that. And so one of the first things I kind of start talking about is an opt-in versus opt-out model when you're having people sign up for things or when they're trying to make decisions. And one of the examples they use is organ donation, that they saw significant increases in those willing to be organ donors when they had to click to opt out of being an organ donor versus having to click to opt in to be an organ donor. Same decision, same amount of work in theory, but when it was already pre-selected for them, opting out and having that choice can increase participation by 25% or more. So could you use that idea for trying to get people to opt automatically opt into something that you think is going to help them obviously you got to be careful with this you don't want to trick anybody you don't want to make anybody feel like they're not making an informed decision but it could very well lead to more participation because they had to opt out versus opt in so something to take into consideration the other Another really interesting kind of concept, which I think probably happens a lot, but I know I personally haven't thought about it, is looking at anchoring uh, and then also loss aversion, which we're going to be talking about as well. And so anchoring is setting a target or expectations to guide to. And so ultimately you're working towards that, but you're being okay with settling below it the example they used in the book was lawyers in a lawsuit they will set an extremely high number for a settlement to anchor the judge or the jury or even the other side about what they're looking for and they know they may not get that number but they're very comfortable if they got something just below it that ultimately will be a settlement that they're comfortable with but because they anchor at such a high number it automatically makes the judge and the jury think that it's that high that that's something they need to consider 
And then also the other side of, well, if they're saying that, if we come out below that, we probably are doing our best and quote-unquote winning as well. So if you think about this with performance goals or um, even you know weight loss, you could look at trying to find a number that you want to anchor towards, that you're working towards, um, and this may be easier for a practitioner and again you got to be a little bit careful with this because if you set it too far and we start getting extreme that can be concerning and dangerous but you could use the concept of anchoring to goals that help bring them along i was actually just listening to an episode on perfectionism that yes you could see this what you consider as perfect out there in that is what you're striving to which can be hard and even potentially like dangerous in the process but if you can then along the way track how much progress they're making as they're working to this goal and they're anchored to it but then they're comparing themselves back to what they've done and accomplished you can really get some more positive results and good feedback for that person because they're seeing that they've actually progressed through there Another really interesting concept, as I had mentioned, was loss aversion. And this is the prospect that losing something, money, whatever it may be, a bet, um, makes you twice as miserable as the prospect of gaining the same thing would make you happy. So we are more concerned about losing $100 and what that will make us feel than we would be happy if we won $100 depending on how the bet was set up or whatever it may be. And so this is one uh, Tim Ferriss has talked about quite a bit. Um, If you are trying to have a weight loss goal or a workout goal, um, he'll talk about doing bets with friends or there's websites where you can go and pledge a donation to a group or whatever that you do not want to give money to and the thought is that that will help you stay accountable because you do not want to give money to that group or whatever it may be so bad that you will stick to whatever goal you set and have to maintain and this could be bets with friends it could be whatever you got to do but that was one kind of extreme example he used and I think it's very powerful in that regard. The other one, kind of tying into that, is to use the example of plastic bags. You can charge, you can give money back to someone for not using a plastic bag, and that can help spur some change in them not bringing those plastic bags. Or you could charge them a fee to use the plastic bags. And what I found in the research is using that fee. for the plastic bags has caused more people to not want to pay the fee so they have brought in alternative bagging could you in health and fitness and nutrition come up with a fee for something that people shouldn't be using to then help them avoid using that you know if they do a specific thing or if they somehow miss something or don't want to do something they have to pay a fee in order to get that opportunity to not do that thing that you are wanting them to. And so that is something that I think could be really interesting and get creative with. And again, 
I'm not coming up with all these solutions and ideas. Um, it's something I am thinking about. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people that have a lot more creativity than me to come up with these ideas uh, and how they can implement them. But I just thought this book was really interesting and in how it can help kind of help guide people into maybe, quote unquote, better decision making. They also talked about how humans nudge other humans. Um, we like to conform the importance of community. I think a lot of gyms understand this, and the stronger your community is to help hold each other accountable, that nudging, whether it's intentional or just because of proximity, is so powerful. I think that goes across a lot of different professions as well, uh, just with coworkers, you know, just how important those nudges can be uh, based on what's going on. Uh, there is the possibility that if you're stuck in long-held social norms that nudging can help do a shift and so that could be something you could look at in your gym or with a group that you work with that if there's these social norms of oh everybody's always done it if you go and actually have honest feedback and questions and some people will actually don't think that way you can then nudge an entire group just based on actually gathering that data. So I think a lot of it is just asking the question if there's a norm that is held that is just thought to be what it is, but you start going and asking the question and gathering some confidential feedback so you're not outing anybody. But if you're getting the information that that's not actually what the norm is, that can really then help just a small nudge by exposing that and changing that can really create huge group shifts. Um, the example they used in the book was um, in a Middle Eastern country and the women working outside of the house, household. It was a long-held social norm that it was not supported by the men. Uh, some researchers went in, actually had some conversations uh, with the men in that uh, society, and it wasn't as much of a social norm as it was perceived to be. And then with bringing that to light, all the other people that went along with the social norms kind of also then backtracked because they realized it wasn't as much of a social norm. And so I think that is kind of something that could be applied very easily as well. Removing small obstacles is a huge for eliciting the good behavior that you want. This is something that could be taken into context with your gym or just fitness in general. You know, removing the obstacles. This is a common one we hear of, you know, what is easily accessible in your house for food. That could be a huge thing. Um, what it is that takes you to get to work out. Uh, what is the barriers that can be removed in order to get there. Really focusing on systems is something that they came back to at the end of this, and I couldn't agree more with this context. You know, well-designed systems tell people when they are doing well and when they are making mistakes. And having somebody within that system and then adjusting it how you need to to the individual is really going to make a huge difference, and it really stresses the importance of systems and what they can do and they really concluded the book and kind of the whole thing with the quote of we don't think that people are dumb instead we think the world is hard there is so much going on our intention is pulled in so many directions and so the more 
from the health and fitness and wellness side that we can focus on both individually and as practitioners of making it easy for the patient or the client to achieve what they want to achieve the better results we're going to get and that could be through how we structure things uh could be through loss aversion anchoring building wealth defined systems to help people get to where they are all of it is extremely important and things that need to be taken into consideration so uh the book is nudge by thaler and sunstein it was a great read uh there's a first edition and then a final edition uh they explain what that means but just some of the concepts in there can be really really powerful and i'm hoping to do my own personal research with it uh, looking at different things across multiple professions but Great book, highly recommend it. Uh, again, it has very little to do specifically with health and fitness, but I think there's a lot of really good concepts that can easily be applied uh, with some creativity that people out there have more than myself. So, um, link will be in the show notes and also posted on social media. So, please check that out. And we thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.